Craft Beer Radio, episode 328, on April 11th, 2015. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where the age-old battle of man vs. machine continues on, and we drink beer. <laughs> My name is Greg Weiss. I'm Jeff Bear. What do we have today? Just a grab bag. Grab bag. I like those. Just a grab those bag. Those are my favorite. You kind of indicated you didn't want to do much of a style show, so I said, okay. <laughs> but the first one I picked because <sighs> pumpkin beers are coming out in April now. Well, there's a story behind this one. It's not just let's make a pumpkin beer as early as possible. This is Rogue's, their Rogue Farms Pumpkin Savior. Uh, which they say is a wit style, uh, and they have their Rogue Farms Dream Pumpkins and Wheat. That's all they tell me about this beer. Again, Rogue does not give me a lot of information. Yeah, so but when they made their pumpkin beer in the fall, they had spare pumpkins. So instead of you know sending them off to the puree factory or whatever, they decided to save them and make a springtime pumpkin beer. So let's see if they have anything on here. Okay, so all the all the relevant information is on the back of the bottle as opposed to on the website. Interesting. Twenty one IBUs, five point six degrees alcohol by volume. Brewed using fifteen ingredients: Rogue Farms Dream Pumpkins, Rogue Farms Dare Risk. I don't know what those. They're I guess malts. those are malts. malts. Rogue Rye, Rogue Wheat, and Crystal Wheat Malts. They're independent hops, cinnamon sticks, cloves. Cinnamon, vanilla beans, ginger, and nutmeg, free range coastal water, and forbidden fruit yeast. Not Pac Man. Huh. Forbidden fruit. Look at that. But it's because it's a wit, so I guess yeah. they can't use Pac Man. Neat. It's a white bottle with orange lettering, the white enamel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it smells like a spice bomb. It smells like a plain old pumpkin beer in, uh, in April. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't. It's it's a clear beer. It doesn't look like a wit beer at all. It's uh, amber colored and super clear. Hmm. The aroma definitely has those spices: uh, cinnamon, nutmeg, some of the pumpkin. I guess is coming through. Was nutmeg in the ingredients? I don't remember. I believe it was. I know there were cinnamon sticks cloves. in there. Cloves. cloves. Okay. Cloves and nutmeg. They'll give you the same general... Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, there's the nutmeg. Okay, it's further down. Ginger. Yeah, it smells like pumpkin pie. Pumpkin roll. Yeah, you made another spice bomb. Do something more interesting with your pumpkins. You have all these pumpkins. People, I guess people still love pumpkin beer. So, I mean, it... it it's a little bit silly for us to to be rallying against this when it clearly sells, when this works. Uh, but I am just I'm not interested in having a big pumpkin burst or a big spice mm-hmm. burst all the time. I, I want to. I like the flavor of uh, of gourds and stuff, particularly when they're roasted. I think they make really good. What is this? April twenty first, Mad Max is releasing some pumpkin. And the Gobblerito for one day only. 
Yay, more pumpkin beer in April. <sighs> what is the Goblerito? It's the burrito that has the turkey dinner stuff inside it. I have no idea what that is. Turkey stuffing, uh, cranberry sauce. Gravy. Oh, so they're they're doing a whole Thanksgiving theme. Well, I mean, so they had, but what that means is they had a lot of pumpkin left over, and they're trying to find a way to get rid of it. And so they're they could have discounted it heavily a couple months ago, or they save it for a few months and make a day out of it. I understand, but this is, but that's pumpkin. It's already made. Right mm-hmm. here's a chance to to take your pumpkin and turn it into something different. Here's your chance to try something new with pumpkin instead of making just another spice beer. Yeah. Finish is pretty dry. It's almost like a bit of a saccharine type flavor in it. It has a bit of a chemically dryness to it. Well, definitely put a lot of spices in it. The ginger comes through very strongly. The other spices are there. So I, I, I think that would give it kind of a, a sort of chemical nature, just the amount of spices. Mm-hmm. They, they really kind of went. It. And it doesn't have a huge malt, right? I mean, they put a lot of malt in there, but it's, it's mostly wheat. It's, it's, it's I guess it's mostly to... wheat, but then it must be filtered clear. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh. Into the Thank bucket. You. I'm going to rinse out pour the, the rinse into. Ah, uh, all right. So, what's next? <laughs> not pumpkin beer. Let's try not... something that's not uh, a spice bomb. I think we'll probably skip pumpkin beers this year, unless somebody can convince us uh, to try something that's not big spice bomb. This beer was released on April first. Maybe that has something to do with it. <laughs> I was hoping there'd be like an April Fool's flag attached yeah. to the inside of the cap. Surprise! It's got blueberries in it or something. <laughs> I asked the Rogue's Twitter account, and they're like, they don't fool around with beer. That's what she said, or they said. Uh, maybe you should. I don't know. Your Sriracha was, was fooling around with beer, and it worked. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should fool around with beer. 450 North. Yeah, I think this is this will be the last beer that we will do from them. Uh, this is from the shipment Dave brought up. We've had some good things coming out of 450 North cans on the ones we've done on the show. This is their Iron Man English Ale, English Strong Ale at 9% alcohol by volume. 9% eh? 9% out of a pounder can. So, let's just say they're a, a small craft brewery attached to the Simmons Winery near beautiful Columbus, Indiana. I don't mind using, uh, using marketing speak for a city. <laughs> I think that's fine, yes. Until someone writes it and says Columbus is a steaming pile of... <laughs> well, I work in a company that, that lets cities <laughs> do marketing about them. So. Right. All right, so this beer pours um, hazy. It is a dark tan, a bit of a reddish hue to it. Mm-hmm. The aroma has... A bit of an old ale type aroma to it. They just call it English style ale on the can, so it doesn't really have much of an exact style. But on the aroma, it's it's big, it's malty, it smells boozy, but it is nine percent, and there's a bit of oxidation or something on it, so it sounds it smells a little bit like an old ale. Let me uh, let's trade for a second because I'm not smelling quite the same on mine. 
Yeah. I guess you're getting more of it than I am. Smell about the same to me. Mm. It has more hop flavor to it than you get on the nose. It, the first, it kind of, it, it, it's a big change from, from what mm. I had before, so it almost feels kind of altish to me. I need to okay. drink a little bit of uh, water. Yeah, I mean, to me, it definitely feels like a a barley wine. There's a little bit of something that's a bit orangey in the flavor, so I think there's some American hops in, in there giving it a bit of a orangey flavor that I wasn't picking on the nose, but I mean, other than that, it's a big, multi caramel reminds me of you know an aged english style barley wine minus that orange part aged with a little bit of hops definitely understand the orange character it's a little it's still tasting it, it it's tasting kind of like an alt beer to me i'm not sure why hmm. i don't know what to tell you maybe my uh my buds are all screwed up. <laughs> that damn nutmeg and ginger. Now, I wanted to talk about, we're, we're going to Savor again this year, but uh, we, we saw, we were looking at the Savor salons, and we saw that there was a salon from... Uh, Ninkasi. From Ninkasi. Let me pull up the salon itself. Do you remember what the title was? No. You just told me five minutes ago you wanted to talk about it, so... Their Ninkasi Space Program. The Mission to Make Space Beer. Now, Nikasi's in Oregon, and they had, this is their second time trying, and they successfully launched a uh, some live yeast into space, and then <coughs> captured it when it landed, and made a beer out of it. Now, into space, I would put quotation marks around, because they got it 42 miles up, you know, above the space line, basically mm-hmm. on a ballistic trajectory. Then had it, you know, float down in a parachute and got it. So right. it's not like it was there doing anything. Didn't ferment in space. Right. The yeast didn't really go through any propagations in space. They just traveled far. That's it. That's all that happened. And maybe got hit by a cosmic ray while they were up there. Yeah, but so you you get yeah more likely to get hit by a cosmic ray up there than not, but. Essentially the same as the yeast that they started with. No generations happened. There was nothing. I the cost to produce the beer is higher because they had to launch it from a rocket, right? Uh, But they didn't launch the beer from a rocket. They just launched the yeast, the starter yeast that Mm -hmm. they used to make the beer. So it's a it it really is just marketing. It kind of struck me as very uh, over the top. And I guess I don't mean to be—I don't mean that to be punny, but <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, no. But that was an arm wrestling movie, so don't worry about it. Well, but still, it's a needed a few good yeast. And I'm, yeah. So I don't think I'll be going to that salon because I feel like I would just be being very sarcastic while I was there. Yeah, it's probably not the night best thing to do. Yeah. The uh, yeah, I'm excited. It's long, yeah, it's coming up next month, and uh, it's seven years or eight years, eight years, I think. This is gonna be eighth year. Nice. So this is 
I'm getting a little more used to this beer, the 450 North. And I'm starting to, to taste more of that caramel underneath you were talking about. Okay. Um, it took me some time just, I think all the spices were just, and then the ginger was just. Sure, yeah. I think I could definitely tell that would be short circuiting some of the sweetness yeah. on this beer. But you're right. I mean, there's a lot. Of, it's a big happiness, a big sort of big orange and uh, orange blossom and slight uh, slight resiny quality there, too. A little, mm-hmm. a little pine just a bit. Yeah, I think the, the flavors work. The only place that the reason I would say it doesn't work is because they're calling it an English style ale. Yeah. And it's too it's too American hops. Right. You know, too much character of American hops in there to uh, to really let me call it English. But it doesn't mean it's not a good beer. It's still a good beer it's kind of crossing that line from an english or barley wine to you know a fresh like bigfoot you know you get a little bit of, of the flavors from a bigfoot in here yeah because you could call this an ipa just as easily right i mean based on the hopping uh, I, I don't know if i do that i mean there's such a huge body to it an imperial amber then you i'd go barley wine you would go barley i wine. would go barley wine that's what i'm tasting i taste it from the first sip and uh that's where I peg this boy. But they decided not to. Yeah, that's tasty. I like that a lot. Any other beer news going on? Uh, I don't know. I'm in a little bit out of the loop this week. <laughs> Getting ready for my traveling. I was in California the last couple of days doing some beer stuff for work, which is cool. We talked about it on previous... I think we might have mentioned on the main show. But if not, it's been in the extras... Turn into this pre-show, you'll hear all about it. Uh, so yeah, not just the the IT guy now. Now I'm a viewer's beer communicator. Maybe they'll find such value in me doing the beer things, they won't need me to run an IT anymore. I can do the beer thing full time. You are the IT director. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I will be so much better at, at customer relations about uh-huh. beer and only beer. Girl can dream. <laughs> and maybe a space beer will be radically different from <laughs> the beer that's not from space. Exactly. There's always the chance. My question is, do you get that on your cards now? I just had my cards reprinted for this mm-hmm. because my old cards had the old address on it and whatnot. And I should have put like two titles on it. I didn't. Yeah. I played it straight, but I should have. I probably could have gotten away with it, too. What about COB? Chief Beer Officer? Oh, yeah. Or, C- or I would say Chairman of Beer, but... Uh... Chairman of Beer. <laughs> All right, so what is next on our list? Uh, your... Let's do this one. One of your favorite styles, Scottish Style Ale. <laughs> oh, good. Two of my favorite styles tonight. Yeah. Let me finish up this uh, 450 North. That was right. quite tasty. Just rinsing out. And refilling the water glasses. Always have these around when you're doing tasting. Mm-hmm. Helpful. All right. Another pounder can. This one is from Sun King Brewing Company. It's another Dave beer. He brought it at Christmas time. We're low on the Dave supply. Yeah, I mean, he brought us an insane amount of beer. I'm not going to pour out a whole eight-ounce sample for each of us, though. There's a lot of 
That was a lot of 9% beer for that last sample. So this is... Oh, I, I've got, I had the wrong one up. We got the uh, Sun, oh, King sorry, Sun King Wee Mac. Sun King is in Indianapolis. This is 5.3% alcohol by volume, 23 IBUs. It's their Wee Mac Scottish style ale. They say hops are used sparingly. Serve only to balance the sweetness of the malt. It was the gold medal winner at the 2010 Indiana Brewers Cup in the English Brown Ale category. Okay. It 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 pours a a cola brown, like with like mm-hmm. slight ruby highlights. Yep. It's clear. Room on the nose is. Look how slick that is when you. It, Leaves a lot of like slickness behind. Okay. Interesting. It, it it it's like it kind of washes the the head out really quickly. The aroma on this one is uh, it's like kind of white bread crust, touch of toffee, a bit of that's something else. What is that? Some I'm actually I'm getting some like. Um, Ethylene will acetate some like banana aroma coming off of this thing too. Just a little bit. I can see that. The first thing I smelled was like cinnamon toast. Cinnamon toast. That that's a good call. Yeah. I think the Spiegel glass that I have has a defect in it. As I turn it in my hand, I can feel a bulge on the neck right here. Right there's a bulge. Can't see it, but I can feel it. Oh. <laughs> Get rid of this. Yeah. One. <laughs> Just throw it on the ground. We got plenty. <laughs> First deviation I've ever seen in a speed glow glass. Nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. It smells nice. It's got a nice maltiness to it. Mm-hmm. I'm getting that banana in the flavor as well. Now, you know, for fairness sake, this beer has been in my fridge since December. And uh, but they say is they don't put a lot of hops in it anyway, right? And who knows how old it is? I don't see any date coding on the can. It's hard to read that font they put. <laughs> yeah, especially from I mean, like I have good eyes, but I'm having a hard time reading that font from only about a couple of feet away. This one on the back here, and and what's uh, what's around? I mean, it uh, says a pint in every yeah. something, pint in every can, a pint in every can, a pint in every can. No. Font is weird. It's like yep. sci-fi font. Oh, see, okay, that's why it's, it's it, all the everything that distinguishes the letter is at the very bottom. Oh, okay, so it's like you know the, the the top of of each letter is 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 pulled all the way down. And there's only like uh, a couple pixels where the bottom where it's distinguished. Oh, and then on the back, it's a different font, but it's it's also hard to read. It's hard to read because it's it's blue on white. That is. That is not good <laughs> design. Yeah, so, I mean, for a Scottish yell, this one it does not really match my expectations too much. Uh, it has a lot more esters to it than I would have expected for a Scottish yell. Uh, you get some of the toffee. It, is it t- yeah, it's more toffee. It's more white bread crust. 
than it is caramel or anything like that. Uh, but the esters are pretty big on this, right? I yeah. mean, I'm drinking it. What's interesting is that, okay, so on the front they call it a Scottish-style ale. The first line on the back of in their description, Wee Mac is an eminently quaffable brown ale. Well, maybe they just mean color. But still, I maybe mean... Maybe they just mean it's a brown beer. They could, but if you ask me, it, it that that kind of describes it. It's it's very it's a drinkable brown ale, but it's not... It, it doesn't strike me as particularly like, a, like many Scottish ales I've had. Yeah, I think if I was drinking this blind, though, I would... I would say that it has some kind of Belgian yeast, or, or maybe like a Weizen yeast in it, or something like that. You know, I'm, the 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 esters and the, that I'm getting on this thing, are off the chart for this style. The the banana is particularly like a ripe one, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. yeah. It is interesting. Yeah, it's not a bad beer. Uh, it's kind of an oddball because of all those banana esters in, you know, a multi beer like this. Well, let's uh, do our little thing. So if you would like to support us in the show, if you want to hear more of this wonderful stuff, then you can uh, go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And guess what? You'll be there at Amazon's page. You can do whatever you normally do. And it won't cost you anything extra. And you'll be supporting us. It, it supports us very nicely indeed. We appreciate everyone who does use the link. Just remember, you have to use it every time you want to start your shopping session. Just to be sure you got all your bases covered. And uh, shop, shop, shop. Bye, bye, bye. Support, support, support. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me as well. All right, so what's this beer? I think we need to do the IPA before we do the crazy cherry Probably. Belgian dark ale. So this is Mike Hess Brewing from San Diego. So this is... It's a Mike. This is a Mike beer. Beer. Not, he's not Mike Hess. Mike from San Diego yeah. is not Mike Hess. Salas Ocasis IPA. Salas Ocasis. In the room, Ocasis. In the room fills with hop aroma as we poured this beer. Oh. Oh. You shouldn't talk when you hit the cough button. I apologize. Salas Ocasis is Sunset West Coast. I assume that it's in Latin. Okay. I don't know too much about Mike Hess Brewing. I've heard, you know, Mike sent us some, and I have a coworker who has vacationed out in San Diego, and she said that she's been there and, like, had lots of really good things to say about Mike Hess Brewing. They have a little maltometer and a light darkometer on the top of the can here. Yeah, they It's have it all the-, the way over on the hops, and it's almost, it's second to lightest light. 100 IBUs, so over the boundary, 7.5 alcohol by volume. Every batch is a unique San Diego-style IPA, always 7.5% hop-forward, bone-dry, light-colored. But uh, they change the malts all the time. Oh, cool. And, and uh, And I guess the hops, too. So... Is this... Do we have a batch number on this? Uh, 
if this is batch 38, which was 318, it's probably... Scan the QR code for details on this particular batch. Do you have a QR code reader on your phone? I do. Because I actually looked the other day, and I don't have one installed currently. All right. Could have just written the uh, the batch number underneath the QR code. Yeah, it's probably just... <laughs> It's easier to to just to put a QR code in than I don't know maybe it's not. Scan no not loyalty cards. <laughs> <laughs> the beer pours just a slight hazy. You can still easily see your fingerprints through the glass. It's a pretty light gold. It still has a significant. It still is distinctly gold, but just barely. Any lighter in it wouldn't have that gold richness. It would be more yellow. Takes me right to this page. That was useless. <laughs> yeah, I don't see any other distincting marks on it. That that sucks. Although the, the current one, I guess thirty five, is a is supposed to be lighter than this. So this is probably um, batch thirty seven, which would be. Oh well, I mean, let's just let's Centennial just for bittering. Uh, finish with stop! 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 I don't want you to. I don't want you to. You don't even know if it's the right one, so I don't want you to color my opinion with ops that aren't even there. All right. So I mean, it does. It's a very hoppy aroma in this beer. When we cracked the can and started pouring in the glasses, it filled the room with a hop aroma. And now, when I stick my nose in the glass here, let me open up the aroma by doing the whole tilt and twist glass thing. All right, so it's a little. What is it? Orange peel. Now I'm getting a little bit more of the orange juice as I smell it. it definitely seems orangey. Tangerine to me, but they're, they're kind of yeah. close. And the, the malts that are just light, you just get a little supporting roll in the malts on the aroma as well. Starting to get some onion there too. Some of that uh, closed, closing it on doored. Flavor has a bit of pineapple juice in it. Goes back to orangey. It's a very juicy, citrusy IPA. This has some of that... Uh, kind of durian-ish quality. It's a, a little sulfury, a little oniony. It has... Uh, it's kind of like that pineapple that also has a little sweet onion that also has a little bit of uh, grapefruit. Okay. And that kind of gives you a... I mean, it's kind of like Amarillo Plus. It's like right. Simcoe-ish. Okay. Yeah, I think Simcoe fits. I'm not... Getting the oniony that you described yet, mm-hmm. and since I'm not getting oniony, you know it's pretty obvious. You know it's pretty hard to get to to Dorian if you're not getting the onion. So, I believe the hop that they're using primarily looks like it's something called Meridian. Actually, so now I just smelled something that was a little more sulfury, a little more oniony, a little dirty sock in there. Not in a bad way. But yeah, we're we're digging into the hop aroma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. I had a... So, I want to talk real briefly. We talked about this in the pre-show, but I think it's worth really on the main show. For the tasting I did on Wednesday night, I didn't pick the beers, but I picked the characteristics. And I let Rob from Original Gravity Public House pick the beers. And I told him I wanted a tropical IPA because I thought it'd be fun to talk to people that aren't really beer drinkers about the new style of beers that use Citra and um, Mosaic and things like that. And he picked the Maui Wowie from Altamont. And it nailed it. It was mm. this super delicious tropical IPA. So shout out to Altamont and their Maui Wowie. And when I say tropical IPA, that's, as far as I know, that's a Jeff Bearer style. It's, I haven't heard anyone else. Jeff Bearer term, I guess. Yeah. I haven't heard anyone else classify, you know, IPAs in a category of tropical IPA. Right. But uh, for me, it's it's turning into a style. Well, it's just IPAs that are made with the the hop. Oh, sure. That, that the hops that give them more tropical flavors. But I, the reason I, I'm so excited about them is... They're not as apparently bitter. Right. I mean, the IBUs are probably up there just like most ones, but they're, because of the sweetness, they're not as apparently bitter. So I think they're more accessible to people that are sensitive to the bitterness in the beers. Mm. Mm, that's pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Once I got over the... Um, Sort of oniony stuff and sort of get used to it. it. It was definitely very drinkable and interesting. And, and I like the idea that it always changes. The recipe mm-hmm. is always different uh, every you know couple of months. It's kind of been like an enjoy by essentially, right? Yeah. I think that's a good way to look at it. All right, last beer of the night is Weyerbacher Tango. I don't recall where this beer came from. It may have come from Weyerbacher. I don't think it came from Weyerbacher, but it might have. So this is a Belgian-style dark ale brewed with 1,200 pounds of cherries. Comes in a champagne bottle with a cork, as you heard. 10.6% alcohol by volume, 35 IBUs. The hops that are used are Apollo, but I don't imagine there's a huge amount of hopping in this. But we'll see. There you go. Uh, A... Brewed using a base of Pilsner malt with honey malt, special B, aromatic malt, and a touch of chocolate malt. Okay, so called a Belgian dark ale, and uh, the aroma matches that pretty well. You get two main things when you're smelling like a we get the, what I think of a, as a Belgian dark ale. You get. Um, well, let me take another sniff so I can put some words to the things that are in my head. Can I try? Yeah, absolutely. You get a, a sweet estery note that is a lot like a sort of candy lollipop. And you also get a big burst of carbonic acid because there's a lot of carbonation in there. Those those are good ones. Uh, I'm getting an ester that is... A lot like it's it's another banana ester, but it's more like circus peanuts. You know those candies, yeah. the circus yeah. peanut candies. It's really a lot like circus peanuts in the nose, which has a banana. It's a big, lot of ethyl amyl acetate that's in those as well. Uh, very different from the banana we were getting in the Sun King, though. And then the malt part for me, it's kind of. Uh, I have to smell again to try to get that aroma out. 
get words on that aroma. Oh, oh I'm starting to get the cherries, and it's okay. a deeper cherry than you might have expected. It doesn't taste like a sweet cherry. It tastes like a dark, sour cherry. Okay. I'm not smelling the cherries yet. I'm working on the the malts. They're kind of like a, a cinnamon bread or... A, Maybe a touch of cinnamon oatmeal too. There's nothing really mm. oaty in here, mm-hmm. but just kind yeah. of yeah. So so take your cinnamon oatmeal and decrease the volume on the oat part of it, and you're going to get something like this. Take an instant oatmeal, for example. So mm-hmm. not doesn't have a huge amount of oat character. It's mostly cooked out. Right. And it also has a mineraliness in the aroma, kind of a dry chalkiness. You get a little bit of that in the aroma as well. Okay, as I expected, the cheriness is coming through really on a very deep level. Uh, I said sour. It's not. I said I smelled the sort of sour. It didn't mm-hmm. taste sour. There's a tiny bit of tartness, but it's not a huge. In fact, it's 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 even smaller than uh, than most times you would call something mm-hmm. uh, tart. So it's it's just you know there if you look for it. But it's um, you know, the cherries actually they kind of go through progression. They start out uh, for me they started out moderately sweet, but then they turned yeah they got really tart and and almost they really played into like the bitterness that's there. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like the cherries are bitter. They blended in yeah. so well with that. Uh, there's also they're enhancing the the malt and they're they're giving it kind of a cherry woodish quality as opposed to just being like this big fruit. Woodish juice. is good, uh, you know. I, I want to say that there's like a tobacco flavor in mm-hmm. here. I think the the point to get across is that it, it's it's got cherry in it, but it doesn't taste at all like it's a, like it's fruity. It's mm-hmm. not a fruity cherry. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a quality cherry. It's it, it it's giving it a cherry quality without giving it a, without giving it a cherry flavor. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, the aroma before we started drinking it was reminding me of something, kind of like, um, oh, I'm trying to think of a Belgian dark ale from Unibrew. Uh, which ones am I thinking of? Um, probably like Trois Pistoles. Um, you know, so right. something it kind of reminded me of that. And you know, when I say Unibrew, Greg and hopefully many listeners can think of that house yeast that they have and kind of the aroma that that thing gives off. It's very mm-hmm. distinct. I was getting that in the aroma, uh, not carrying too much of that in the flavor, but a little bit. That little bit of that that minerally dryness is in this beer. Tango debuted as the 20th installment of Weyerbacher's Brewer's Select Series in November of 2011. However, it wasn't bottle conditioned and was a tad lower in alcohol. So I guess they just kept this this one up. They just said, hey, this beer works and we're going to keep doing it. Yeah, I'm not sure the production schedule on Tango, but I mean, from the name I knew because I used the uh, the phonetic alphabet, you know, yeah. so Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, you know, Delta worked their way through. So this was the teeth beer, 20th beer. <laughs> The teeth beer. The teeth. I like the teeth beer. Yeah, I, I dig it. I um, 
you know, it, it's a it's a strong Belgian that doesn't get in the way. It mm-hmm. doesn't overpower. Uh, As I'm drinking it, it it's my palate's getting accustomed to it, and it's actually a much more uh, put together beer mm-hmm. than I first tasted the first couple of sips. I'm not getting that minerally dryness isn't distracting and kind of scraping your tongue. That sourness from the cherries isn't as apparently sour and bitter. And the sip I'm on now, the beer is really coming together. And we just had a relatively small sample, three, four ounces. Yeah. So, I mean, if you get a goblet of this beer or whatnot, you know, 10 ounces or so, I think it'll you'd really cruise into it and enjoy most of the I beer. I think you enjoy this beer over the course of like a night. I mean, that's the kind of beer this is. This is like yeah. something you could, you could have for, you know, this could last 30 minutes or 45 minutes in your glass. Mm-hmm. All right, so I, that is... That is it for Craft Beer Radio. After you put up with our rankings, I guess. <laughs> you gotta trying to always trying to avoid the ranking part. You gotta put up with the rankings. So I will start from the bottom. Pumpkin beer from Rogue. I got it just because I couldn't withstand the temptation of trying an April pumpkin beer. <laughs> it's very topical. You people are gonna see this on the shelves. If you love pumpkin beers and can't get enough of it and wish it was a year-round beer, well, your reality has been achieved. I mean, pumpkin beer is now a year-round beer, apparently. Uh, So that's number five. Number four is going to be the Sun King, I think. Yeah, it's going to be Sun King. I mean, it was fine. I would have liked something a little more on style for a Scottish beer. That estuary banana that was in there was kind of odd for it. Didn't make it a bad beer. But compared to the other beers we had tonight, it uh, didn't compete. Now it gets harder. I'm going to probably put Tango in number three. Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit, but I liked the other two beers better. Uh, Tango, like I said, as I drank it, the flavors really came together. It turned into a well-balanced beer. Uh Number two, this is a hard one for me. I don't know which one I want to make, which one I like the best. I think I'm going to put the 450 North in number two. I thought that was really interesting and good American-style barley wine. Marked as an English ale, but I liked a lot of the flavors in that. It really hit the spot. And uh, this Mike Hess IPA, it's just bright. Lots of great IPA flavors when we had it and uh, put that in first place. Okay, number five, Rogue. Oh, pumpkin, please. Please stop it with the pumpkin beers. No, I mean, use the pumpkin all you want. Please stop it with the cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, allspice. Yeah, okay, please stop it with this kind of pumpkin beer. This kind of pumpkin beer is way overdone, uh, and they all taste the same. And I'm just, I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it even out of season. I, I, don't, I don't want it. I don't want any more of this. Number four, the Sun King. Uh, a brown ale, a decent brown ale, I guess. Uh, advertises wee heavy, which I don't, or, or as a Scottish, which I don't like very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't really get either of them quite right. Just uh, you know, it, it was okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I, I read your. <laughs> Sometimes my number three. Uh, mine is four fifty north. Is is the is number four. Mm-hmm. I, 
yeah, I had a little hard time getting into it at first. Maybe mm-hmm. it was flight, but uh, I never quite warmed up to it as much as as I possibly could have. Um, so it's four fifty north, and then there's the Sun King. But then the other two, I think, were were much better. But I'm going to put the Mike Hess at number two. Uh, I, I I liked it. I especially liked the idea of a rotating recipe. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I want to try some other ones to see what they what they're like. Uh, but uh, I really enjoy the tango a lot, so that's going to be my number one beer for me. Sounds good. Watch out for those monkeys and those robots. those robots. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, you can email us beer at craftbeerradio.com. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, it's at Craft Beer Radio. We also have individual Twitter accounts. I am at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks. We really appreciate the tune in for the show.